Welcome to another episode of Cosmic Children. I'm here with Kevin, Yo. Melody, and myself. Um, I'm Ritz. And today's episode, we have Melody, also known as Melwi. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Melody. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> we're all fine. Yeah, yeah we're really How fine. Yeah. Both of you? yeah. So, so. Melody or Melwi on her Instagram handle. Um, she's a blogger, fashion blogger, travel, cooking, food, everything in between. Um, so if any of y'all follow her, y'all would definitely know what I'm talking about and the kind of profile she has on Instagram and on social media. Um, so Melody, like, uh, it's so weird, like, I every time call you Miaoi or Yeah, Miaos. nobody calls me by my name anymore. Right. Okay, I'm yeah. just going to stick with Miaoi. Just call so, me Miaoi if that makes you more comfortable. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, what's your what's your background? Like, how do you get in into, I wouldn't say social media because that came later, but blogging, as per se, or fashion blogging? Or did you started it with just fashion? Um, I started blogging more than... 10 years ago I think it's about 12 years now Mm -hmm. I was just like anyone in high school in secondary school they were Mm -hmm. like it was trendy to have blogs and then for you to just you know update about your life and everything Mm -hmm. but for me um, I was like every other emo girl in school very Mm -hmm. emotional posting photos of like very sad things (laughs) okay how sad (laughs) (laughs) no or like um, very sad lyrics my chemical oh. romance <laughs> no <laughs> I not that funeral sad. for a friend gotcha. oh wow yeah it was yeah, deep yeah. i was i was like i couldn't fit in into secondary school very well so eventually when i remember i was 14 i already had a blog then but when i was 14 i started fashion blogging because i found out about the whole concept of having a blog about what you wore and i loved yeah. it the the otds and wit yeah and it was actually a Swedish girl who inspired me. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And I just started post taking photos of what I would wear and posting them online. And eventually, people just recepted really well to it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Was it liberating to, to have an outlet like this? To Definitely, be able to post, yeah. because um, I was bullied in secondary school. Mm. So, I remember every Friday, I would look... I would be so excited to get out of school, change into my clothes and go into town looking my best. And then everyone outside of school who was in town, they would not be able to recognize me Mm. and they would be like, who's that girl? She looks familiar. And at a point of time, it just felt so liberating Mm. because they are like, oh, she isn't that girl that we always make fun of at school. But Mm. yeah, but it took them a while eventually. Now, like 10 years on, some of them, some of the very guys who used to bully me, they try to say hi to me. They try to talk to me. Oh, dear. And I'm always a bit like, I smile, I try to be polite, but yeah. inside, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. <laughs> yes. yes. So, like, I mean, that being said, like, it's, that's very interesting because you mentioned that Friday, on, on the weekends, you, you change your clothes and you go out and you feel like a different person. Yeah, I would run home from school. Is that, is that an extension of you? Or is that a different you? Or is that actually who you are? Just that you're just wearing different clothes? I think it was who I really... At a point of time, it was who I wanted to be. And I, I would say maybe also who I was because I definitely didn't feel like myself in school. Mm-hmm. And um, dressing up had always been something that... Like, I, 
I could see it in my family and I grew up in a very staunch Christian family but for us maybe you put on your Sunday's best for church gotcha. yeah. you know you put on a nice dress and everything like that mm-hmm. but for me it was Sunday and Friday well pretty much the whole weekend I, I would get to dress up because after schools mon- after school Monday to Thursday you know we're you gotta go home back to back classes tuition mm-hmm. you know there wasn't that opportunity but yeah so Friday was like freedom yeah. Until 10 p.m., <laughs> which was my curfew. <laughs> so, yeah. how, how strict is it in the household? Like, if you're saying you're staunch, like uh, your family's staunch. It wasn't... I didn't feel like it was that strict until I, I was a lot older. But I remember... Oh, it's the other way around. No, I, I just remember there was one or two scenarios where my dad was like, you have to be home by 10 p.m. Mm. And there were a few times where... I was late and he would wait for me outside of the train station. And at point of time, I think I, we had phones, but we didn't... I'm sure I had a phone, but I, I know there wasn't... Okay, he could text me. I can't remember. But I would see him there and I would be so scared. Because yeah. I knew that, oh, oh my God, he's going to like kill me. Yeah. Or like beat me or something. But I, I don't really remember too much. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. So like with, with, with that like being said, like um, it being more of like yourself does that like bleed in fast forward like to to, to today does that bleed in into what you post and what you represent social media wise is that your in a way you going into town and dressing up is Mm, that what you portray I guess along the way in the last 10 years I've really learned so much about expressing myself and I went to study fashion in the end. I realized oh. how much I loved fashion. Which which part of fashion? I what did aspect? I did um communications. Mm. So it was a lot of like styling, art direction, you know, branding. Like we had to do like photo shoots gotcha. and we would study like contemporary his fashion history. Yeah. So it made me realize like when you study all these um different aspects of fashion in history, you realize from a long, long time ago, people were expressing themselves through dress. Mm. And if, I guess that plays a very big part of me because I want to be able to be comfortable. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, maybe how I, what I, put, how I put myself out there is, also a repre- is definitely a representation of myself. Yes. Yeah. Did it, did it click though when you started studying fashion, you started going a little bit deeper? Did everything sort of make sense that it, it is about expression? Yeah, I think it definitely made sense. I actually really enjoyed school. Yeah. Like, um, a lot of my peers around me, they they were always complaining and everything. Mm. And maybe I would try to pretend to complain, but deep down, like, as annoying as school was, but I actually genuinely enjoyed attending the classes and everything. Yeah. And, yeah, I enjoyed reading up about how one small little thing like fashion can branch out to so many different things and mm. it's eventually become a lifestyle now. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Could, then could you like actually talk to us a little bit about your taste and your flavour? <laughs> my taste and, and my flavour? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I like it in salty. Fashion? <laughs> yeah, it's like, no. it's like the spicy <laughs> a little bit or a little bit tangy on the side. Um, like vintage, like I see it, like I realise a lot more vintage like not say clothes, but like more the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And um, is is there a particular reason why you stick to that, or they came out from school, at actually like really studying fashion, and it's something that you really picked up. 
obviously also from school you learn a lot from all these big brands like they are um, the pioneers of the fashion industry but mm-hmm. I remember being a lot younger and all I cared about was getting the li- like a designer handbag I didn't gotcha. care whether it looked nice or not yeah because it was like the pinnacle st- yeah it was like status and everything yeah. it was yeah. cool but statement yeah, yeah. It's like when people see you with that handbag, they're like, oh my God, she has it. And mm. and I think right now, I kind of... I was actually just thinking about this last night and I was feeling like I don't really want to associate myself like that anymore because fashion isn't about brands. How you express yourself shouldn't be about the kind of labels that you wear, but what you're comfortable wearing. Mm. And um, I guess eventually, it, it made me also appreciate vintage a lot more because nowadays I think a lot about sustainability I want to be able Mm. to find hidden treasure and it's very exciting when I know there's a story behind this rather than it being made in a factory in Vietnam and blah 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 you know and it's exciting and you can keep it and pass it on to someone else if you you know keep it very Mm. well but in general also I would say I don't just buy vintage but I enjoy just shop I like I, I'm like every other girl I enjoy shopping I enjoy dressing up so it's just fun to be able to find things that you know you feel like oh this this would fit me and I look nice in it you know mm. it's just like every other girl I guess <laughs> nothing very special it's interesting because like I mean like looking through your your Instagram and actually like personally just knowing you as well mm-hmm. um, like is there like a particular brand or is there something that you pick that you're very anal about or what or like particular brands that you work with you know is there a certain type I would say there would definitely be brands that I don't work with Mm. but brands that I want to work with obviously there will always be golds because I love these brands but I don't see my Instagram as or like my work as you know a feat where I am particularly representing one brand. Mm. That's the whole idea is that it's very can you say it's multifaceted? I don't even know. Yeah. But, but you know, it's just you have to be open and it's really about styling yourself at the end of the day. Mm. What what will be what will be those brand goals that you <laughs> anything in mind? I don't know. Um hmm. top three. You have worked with a multitude of top tier brands to, to my knowledge just looking through yeah. your feed so I'll be yeah. interested to know what uh, I, more do you have I yeah. have but at the same time I guess I want more from them mm. like right. everyone else would like it's, creative control it's or? very yeah imagine like for example I've, I've really I've worked with Chanel before but it would be amazing if I could do something more than just styling photos for them mm. for uh. social media so that would be like holy grail for me. Yeah. And I absolutely love everything about the brand. Right. But yeah. Chanel. Chanel, for example, or like I love Chloe and mm. um I love like Zimmerman, Jacques mm. Mousse. So things like that. The last two I do not know about. I only know the first <laughs> two, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I only know yeah. the first two. Yeah, the last two, the, I guess uh, Jacques Mousse is newer, smaller, he's French. Mm, okay. Yeah. More I, fun. I, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of like European uh, influences. Mm hmm. So it's like, is that because of like going back into when you first started blogging, the Swedish girl that you follow, has that really impacted your style and your taste? 
I don't think general. so. I don't think it was. I definitely don't think it was that girl. But I think it definitely my style has definitely evolved also based on my travels hmm. uh. a lot and the things that I see. Like when I was younger, I used to always pick up magazines, flip through for inspiration. That was yeah. before like Pinterest and everything yeah. came about, and when before fashion blogs got popular. But now it's like completely different. Mm. Any th- any image that you find online can be something that sparks an interest and could lead on to something a lot more. Yeah. So, I don't think I particularly support like oh Europeans or Asian mm-hmm. brands, but. I just want to be able to wear what I like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of traveling, <laughs> you like to travel a lot. Uh? Yes, I do. <laughs> I told you like every month, every other month, I say like, Mel, you want to hang out? No? no, I'm actually traveling here in like <laughs> one week. So you got this one week to meet me. Uh, <laughs> just letting you know. Could, could you explain to me what is the appeal of traveling? The appeal of traveling to you? I guess... Growing up also, I have an aunt who used to travel a lot for work. Yeah. And I would grow up hearing all her stories. She, she's been to India like 20 times or wow. like the US and everything. But it was all for work. But still me as a young girl, she would show me all these photo albums of how India looked like 20 years ago. All wow. Nepal and things like that. And I was always so fascinated. And you no, know, I come from a typical middle class family. So I was pretty well traveled from a young age. Mm-hmm. But as I got older, I wanted to, you know, step out of my comfort zone, travel more on by myself or with my friends and going to places that were off the beaten track. Yeah. And I would say, it, I guess the appeal is, you know, also being in Singapore, a lot of Singaporeans, they always don't want to travel too far. They're a bit scared, mm. you know. And for me, so far, all these destinations I've been to, they've been so fascinating. It's like, a completely different world there and there's so much that you can learn from all these people and experiences that I've had and I'm I'm very very privileged to be able to have these experiences yeah so once you experience a bit of it you just keep wanting more I guess mm, mm, mm. you know yeah you can't you can't um, it's almost addictive stop yeah it's addictive exactly yeah. it's an addiction do you remember the first time like not even your first travel experience, but the first time you felt something like that. And what location was it? Where was it even? I think the first time I felt that way was definitely in 2015 when I mm. went to Morocco for the first time with mm. my friend. Where is um, Morocco? Morocco is in north of Africa. Gotcha. So I think that was that was before it got really, really touristy. Now it's very touristy, mm. but at that point of time, it was still okay. And it was the first time I really been somewhere where I was like blown away by the culture and mm. the people and everything. And I think it was easily like one of the best weeks of my life because oh. everything was so new to me at that point. And, you know, I was traveling with a friend. I wasn't even very close to her. We studied in London together yeah. and we just decided, let's do this. Yeah. And we did. And the whole experience just blew us away. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you walked away from the experience a different person? Definitely, mm. I think. Yeah. What 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 about like, you know, just going into more of like Morocco and your experience in Morocco? What's like probably like the one that impacted you the most? Firstly, it's so incredibly beautiful. I don't think my eyes had ever seen that kind of beauty at a point of time. Mm. Yeah. Outside of, you know, big cities like Marrakesh and stuff. And mm. 
it, it's also a place where you need to learn how to take things with a pinch of salt, you know. A lot of people, they can go to a destination and they're like, oh my god, the people here are so rude or like they're mm. racist, they don't treat you very nice, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you need to accept these idiosyncrasies and, you know, just embrace it sometimes when you travel. That's the whole art of traveling. The art know? of traveling. Yeah, yeah, that's a new book it. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, and, and it was honestly so beautiful. I just... In the car, I didn't even want to sleep because every in one day I could see like the desert. I could see mountains, like snow capped the mountains, the mm-hmm. desert. The next day I would be like surrounded by flowers and everything. Wow. It was just so amazing. But I think, um, wait, what was your question again? Basically, like <laughs> being in Mor- Morocco, yeah. saying that it was such a good experience for you. Like, how has that impacted you? I think, yeah, from it was... a person, like, what have you learned and what have you come out of that from? It was definitely very life-changing in the sense that I, I, I returned the following year and I decided to also start a business based on it because I loved that when I went to Morocco, I saw all these um, artisans who were making, weaving baskets. Mm-hmm. And it's a Muslim country, so right. it's usually the people that you see outside are men, mostly. Right. When I'm talking about local, I'm talking about local. Sorry. So the men are the ones who are really working and everything, and the women they're all always at home. Then I found out that they would actually weave baskets at home and then bring them to a shop mm. where a guy would sell them for them. That was yeah. like their source of income, and I was so fascinated. So mm. I I really wanted to like tell their story because every single souvenir I bought from that trip, which I still have, they all had so much story behind it, like even if it's a cushion and how it's weave, how it's woven, it's, you know, about the Berber culture, like it's their story, mm-hmm. what it means. Or if you get a, a little rug or a blanket, it represents like what the woman's life is and everything. Wow. The magic carpet. Yeah. <laughs> the magic carpet, Yeah, a right. bit of a magic carpet, literally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was very, very fascinating to me. And I decided that I wanted to bring that to Singapore and be able to share it with people. You, you mentioned that it's a Muslim country. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine when... Were there a bit of hesitation when you tried to speak to them? Because well, was there a language barrier? Were they... Because I can imagine that there might not be too many Asians mm-hmm. over there in Morocco. So yeah. how, how, how did they react to you? Funnily enough, actually, I've started to feel this way only in my recent trips there. Mm. I've been to Morocco about five times mm-hmm. and... um. In the beginning, I think I was so unafraid. Like, I would just take my camera, take photos of everyone, even if they would chase after me and make me delete them. Whoa. But I was so unafraid. I just really wanted to capture the beauty of everything and the essence of it. Mm. And I would try to talk to people and everything. Because um, in Morocco, they speak French and they speak Arabic, mm. I think. Um, I don't know if it's Arabic. But yeah, <laughs> it's one of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. A subset. <laughs> yeah, subset yeah. Arabic, yeah. But um, yeah, I was just so unafraid. But in the last... Two years since and returning more often, I feel very scared actually to be able to just go around, shoot the kind of images that I used to take or yeah. like um, try to talk to the locals because I feel like they would just push me away. They would say no. Mm-hmm. I think as Morocco, as a destination like Morocco gets more exposed, they also become a bit more hesitant Interesting. to people like us because they want to try to keep... Retain their culture. Yeah, retain it for themselves yeah. mm. at the same time I know they appreciate the tourism because it yeah. means business for them yes. mm. but yeah 
for example, I you can't just take a photo of a woman just like that because you know they're they're Muslim and they don't want to be photographed. Yep. You know, mm. you have to ask them for permission and stuff. Mm. And then sometimes I could get like six men crowding around me asking me for money Yo. because I tried oh, to take a photo of someone. Or yeah, what do they ask for? Like what? Hmm? What, when they crowd around you what do they do like, no they just want money oh, <laughs> mm. because I took a photo of something so they, and uh, the person who was shot was fine they just want it they were like oh I'm fighting for him I'm fighting for her and I'm just like she doesn't want it <laughs> I yeah, offered yeah. Yeah. wouldn't but, that dilute your your perception of Morocco then how he has ev- how, how, how it has turned into this uh, I like I said, I think we need to take it with a pinch of salt because I've mm. brought my friends there before with me and my family and some of them don't really like it. Yeah. They find the people there very rude and stuff. But for me, I'm still so fascinated by the culture and the people. And in the in the recent times I've gone back, I've also made tried to like make friends with locals more and mm. try to, you know, speak to them, understand their story and everything. And I'm sure every the way they behave Every like everything happens for a reason, mm. so I personally don't think it's daunted me from loving the culture any mm-hmm. less. Yeah, it's still always special to me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like also like like speaking of like how like special it is to you, like you also came back from Morocco, being inspired. Yeah. To start your own business. Yeah. Like, could you introduce us to a little bit of that? So, I was actually living in London from 2015 to 2016. And then, eventually, um, it was my dream then to live in London. But due to my circumstances, I was not allowed to live there. And I was, uh, I had to move back. So, I went through like a couple of months of depression. And then, suddenly, I just thought of this idea like, okay, I'm going to share with the world what I saw in Morocco. Interesting. And then I'm going to bring all these artisanal baskets and plates and knickknacks, rugs, cushions, everything back to Singapore and I'm going to sell it. Mm. And I'm going to tell the stories of all these people. Yeah. And it became more of a passion project because I had to hand carry everything home. <laughs> <You have laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one trip. I brought my family and we managed to check in 100 kilos of rugs and plates. Wow. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So eventually this project becomes something became something a lot more. I was traveling to other places as well. Like I wanted to learn about different artisanal heritage from Indonesia and from Thailand. And my goal was to go to even more places like in South America. Mm-hmm. But and it proved to be really, really difficult to communicate with all these artisans because a lot of them they're very skeptical and they don't want to be able... They're so used to doing things their way. They're not interested mm. in making something new. Because my whole idea was I wanted to co-create with them. Oh, wanted interesting. wanted to create a new product but using their technique and uh. be able to document the whole process. So in the beginning, I was just sourcing but eventually that was my goal. Um, I still run the brand but I've been taking like a short break from it because I really wanted to focus more on what I could do that would not that would also, you know, benefit them but also bring something new. Because eventually it became so trendy that hmm. big retailers like Zara and Mango, they were selling all these beautiful baskets that and in beautiful designs, probably made by these artisans who are working in factories or something. Mm-hmm. And then 
I was like, I can't compete with them anymore. Their prices are so competitive. Yeah. And I wasn't making money from this project. I was yeah. flying to places like Morocco and Bali and Thailand and hand-carrying everything home by myself. Yeah. Like, there was no way I could make money from it. It was yeah. a very... It wasn't a very smart business idea. <laughs> but, project. But it was, it was <laughs> something that meant a lot to me. Yeah. And I believed that it could, it could grow into something a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Are these the things that people don't see when when they look at your profile, when they look at your online persona? They don't see the the hard work that you put in. They only see the picture. They only see the 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 words that you type. Yeah, how, how perfect it is. Maybe, but I guess as long as you put yourself out there, it comes with a price. Mm-hmm. People are always going to judge you, and people are always going to say something. Yeah. So. It's up to you well, how you want to react to that, mm-hmm. and in the and because I've been on, I've been putting myself out there for such a long time that I've come to a point where I don't want to be able to feel I don't want to feel that way anymore. Mm. So I don't really care what people say about whether oh you know it looks so glamorous or what doesn't what isn't glamorous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter to me. Everything is by your design ultimately. Yeah. Was it daunting then, like being the would you call it the public spotlight for close to a decade since you started all the way up to now? I wouldn't say I've been in the public spotlight, yeah. but... <laughs> but uh, you, you have been putting yourself out there. I have been so putting long, myself yeah. out there for a very long time, but I don't think it, it has... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do. Mm. That's why I still do it. Like, I don't like a lot of what comes with it, which mm. is, there's a lot of super... F- like superficial thing, yeah. like superficial people, people who probably just want something from you, trying to mm. like milk you, and mm. um, there's definitely going to be people talking behind your back or like fighting for projects. I don't know. It's mm. it's a very very a whole list. competitive industry. Yeah, dog eat dog world. yeah, it's a really it's really really a dog eat dog world. Yeah, but um. It definitely comes with pressure. Sometimes when you're trying to like, oh my God, I have to pay my bills for the month or something. Yeah. And you're like, hmm, I don't have enough and I need to get more. And it, I believe like I could have grown a lot faster and bigger mm-hmm. when because I started so early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And But I believed so much that it my my success and that my opportunities should have came organically. And that was oh, where okay. I was wrong like I should have now it's you have to reach out to people for the opportunities that you want you have to make them yourself and I would say that was where I I probably did wrong because if I did that earlier I definitely would have grown a lot more Mm. and I would have um I'd probably be way more successful than I am now gotcha yeah what what I mean success like what would maybe not successful but I would just say like um, I would just have more opportunities. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. Like, you need to... I And in the last few years as well, I've also told myself, okay, go reach out, you know, yeah. talk to people. And I have... And I've seen the results and it works. Interesting. And as much as I hate reaching out, it's, yeah. it's really something you need to do. If you believe in a project, for example, you can even just pitch it to a brand and maybe they would believe in your project yeah. and they would pay you for it. And that's amazing. That's yeah. the best kind of project that you can have. Has that have. happened to you? It's happened a few times before, but yeah. I just learned that it, the answer is always going to be no until you ask. 
Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is always going to be no until you ask. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. But a lot of these things you you pick up along the way, don't you? Or you have yeah. someone telling you, talking, just talking to people, yeah. them telling you... Uh, the experiences. Yeah. yeah. Like you, something that you learn along the way. Like you didn't go to school for business, right? Yeah. I guess... No, no, I didn't go to school for business, although I learned a little bit about it. But um, I think a lot of people were telling me you're not... I wasn't being good enough of a businesswoman, mm. obviously. So, there was a lot more I could have done. Okay. But I think I'm pretty contented with the way things are. Like, um, I would like to definitely be able to, you know, do what I love at the end of the day. I don't want, I don't want it to become too much of a business where it becomes stressful and unenjoyable. Mm. Interesting, yeah. yeah. I've always been someone who believes in um, working smart and not working hard. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, a lot Dropping of people... Dropping all these knowledge yeah. bombs. No, no, no. But it's a lot of people think like, oh my God, Melody, you you, you wake up really late. Like, yeah, I'm not an early bird. I sleep mm. really late. I wake up wh- when I want. Later, yeah. And I, yeah. I always manage to like, I'm always traveling or like yeah. somehow in, at three in the afternoon, I'm, I'm working out or like yeah. later in the evening, I'm having wine or something. Yeah. But, you know, I get... I get what I need to do done. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to be sitting for eight hours a day in a desk and doing my things. I can work on the go and I don't need to answer to people how I live my life. Mm, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that something, I mean, speaking of like earlier you mentioned, um, there are certain things that you have to learn to do in order to go about in this industry or business. Is it something that inside of you yeah, or how do you actually fight between these two things? Between something that is so passionate and like you feel that it's not the way you are versus something that you understand that that's the business and how the world works and you have to kind of balance out. So how do you deal with that? I believe um, there has to be discipline at the end of the day. And for me, I'm still learning every day. So I would... I would say as I get older, I, I need to come to a point where I need to do something more serious and I'm working on a couple of projects at the moment which are really exciting and that would I know that, okay, that the time is going to come where I, I need to be able to be disciplined if I, if I want to be able to be a real adult. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, you know, maybe I need to tell myself like you can't travel so much or mm. you can't always wake up at 12 every day. Yeah. But... Yeah, I don't think it's, you know, affect. It's affected like the way I do things for sure. Okay. Yeah. I you still get stuff yeah, done. Yeah. If I need to sleep yeah. at six a.m. because I'm still working, I will do that. It's just mm-hmm. my pattern. I don't. I know, like, if you guys have spoken to a lot of people, or you speak to the most, <laughs> or you hear interviews or podcasts of other people, they're all like, "Hmm, I start my day at seven. You know, I yeah. work out. They're very alert and they work, they work, they work." Yeah. I believe in that too, but I guess it doesn't work for everyone. Yeah, you know, to each his own. To each his own. You have to find your own tempo, I believe. Yeah, your own yeah, tempo yeah. of working. Of and what, very, what works for you, really? Yeah, I'm very open about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, be open about it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you said you wanted to to set up and to to work at something more professional. No, no, um, I wouldn't say professional, yeah. but at the end of the day, I think I see myself as a entrepreneur, and I yeah. I would like to be able to work on my own projects, but. I don't think it... I guess professional meaning like I'm running a business, but 
I don't need to be working a nine to five desk job. Gotcha. Yeah. So the so would you agree that the definition of probably work is changing with the times, with social media, with all of these different facets where people can just work on the go. Work on the go, really. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I think I think the very definition of work has been changing over the past five years, even yeah. close to a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Interesting. I would think so. So, so like with besides like Morocco, I also see like yeah. I know you always tell me about Morocco, but like <laughs> there's also like one one particular place that I've always been very interested in is like Cuba. Oh, okay. It's like, like I know nothing you, about it. Yeah. yeah. It's like could you tell us a little bit and how like how did it occur to you to even go to Cuba? I guess uh, I've always been very interested in history. Mm-hmm. And I'm the kind of girl like at three in the morning. I'm still I'm reading on Wikipedia about different things like <laughs> Hollywood, <laughs> murder, murder, countries that are closed up like Cuba <laughs> or like oh this country is so fascinating. And then a couple of years ago, I was also Chanel had did a show in Havana yes, a couple of years ago. One. Yeah, and then I think that was when people also started to pay attention to Cuba a lot. And then also with the whole thing with Trump and everything, there was a lot of hoo-ha back and forth on whether Americans could enter Cuba. Mm-hmm. But the whole fact that it was, I didn't know anything about Cuba growing up. That was what fascinated me the most. And mm-hmm. then I decided to make a trip there um, in 2017. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very fascinating because it was very closed up. Like right. I went there, Did I don't speak a word of Spanish. Mm. And... You can't even just walk into a restaurant that you want to because they can't meet the demand of tourism. You have to oh. make a reservation. But how oh. am I going to make a reservation if That's I don't sweet. have internet access? Oh. Or, so how do you make a reservation then? In the end, we just tried. Like We, we, we went up to places hoping they would accept us. I mean, we didn't want to eat in a hotel every day. Obviously, yeah. we can just walk into exactly. a hotel. But yeah. we wanted something different. Mm-hmm. And it's also a place where you can't... It's very... It's not easy to get like the local experience because they also have a very a different currency for the locals. Mm. And speaking to so many Cubans, they like our guide and everything. It's so the place people go there, it's when you go there, it's a very like gen like history. They they throw lots of history at you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just very fascinating in general. You learn a lot about, you know, how they were like colonized in the past and then how you know they became also like a very communist country they Mm -hmm. had no the people in Cuba had no freedom Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's also just they are very right now I would say they're very liberated they're very Mm -hmm. I would say they're pretty happy people because a a friend of mine went a couple of years before me and she told me like oh the people were so skinny they had no food to eat it's very obvious and when I went there I I saw otherwise like (laughs) Still. Yeah, they was yeah they put on more weight, but they were eating, they were happy, and they were mm. so they. It was a place like where they were always dancing and singing, and they were very very proud of who they were. The culture, basically. Yeah, like I would say, life there is definitely not easy, but mm. tourism has definitely given them an opportunity to become to you know be able to enjoy more things. Mm-hmm. But it's still a very heavily controlled country. Where you can't just local can't just do things like if they they could you know I wouldn't say it's like North Korea of course but mm-hmm. still it's you it's not legal to have internet. In, it's not legal to have internet in your home. No. Wow. Yeah. And wow. I don't think you can 
drive. You can't drive an internet an American car or something. Oh, interesting. So like all the cars, no imports, yeah, all the car, yeah, everything is not imported. Yeah, and um, yeah. I, apparently, I think the Cubans they can't eat lobster. If they do, they could get into trouble. I don't what? know, <laughs> but it was just it? it's just very eye opening. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But mm-hmm. then again, I went there. That was almost two years ago that I went there and I'm sure things have changed now I would love to go back and How, see I mean seeing that like, I mean for the listeners like Cuba they they are a communist socialist country mm-hmm. and in Singapore we are of course a democratic mm-hmm. republic <laughs> oh my yeah. god I'm really bad at politics <laughs> no but like <laughs> as in like going there to experience these kind of things and whatever you just told us um, mm-hmm. and when coming back to Singapore I mean of course there's a difference but like has that changed your perception of things and has something changed inside of you in terms of appreciating like the small little things that we have like internet nobody ever thinks like oh what if you don't have internet one day I mean a lot of things can happen if you don't have internet Mm -mm. so would, would that say well would it be right to say that it made you appreciate life more or or enjoy the things that you do, you know, after coming back from that trip? Definitely. I think, I definitely appreciate the kind of, like, freedom that we have in Singapore. Mm. And, you know, um, just very little things that you just, you don't realise, you you just start to appreciate a lot more when mm. you travel. Like, you just see things. Because I've seen so much now and then, it's always made me realize how lucky I am. Yeah. So, I think, but I think that's for everyone, <laughs> not just me. I believe mm-hmm. everyone learns something when they travel. Yeah. Yeah. So, would you say traveling is important, and you would definitely recommend people to do it? Of course, but yeah, everyone is going on on the sustainability thing now. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> but sustainability? but, but yeah. I don't think I could stop myself from wanting to see the world. <laughs> What what is that going to do yeah. with traveling? No, because um, it's really bad for the environment and people oh, are yeah, going... Planes. Oh, planes. Are, people are plane okay, shaming. Plane shaming? Well, yeah. I've never heard of that It's before. a thing in Sweden now. Okay. So, no way. Oh. Yeah. There's a hashtag trending for it. <laughs> where they plane shame you. Where you know it's bad to fly but you still fly. Or things oh, like okay. that. Interesting. Okay. And a lot of people are talking more and more about it. But at mm. the same time, it's like... I don't. I think it's probably one of the hardest things people could give up travel. But it's mm. true. It is affecting the environment a lot. Is it necessary to? We could offset our carbon footprint. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> offset a little bit. When yeah. when 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 we speak of travel, and when you speak of travel, do you think it's necessary to to do a big trip, three weeks? Do you think all these grand ideas of traveling is necessary, or could it just be a short getaway to to Thailand, two days? Yeah, of course. I I do short getaways. It's usually when I'm further away because I want to be able to see more. That's when I stay longer. Yeah. I believe that. Like, I I don't... I I know a lot of people... Sorry, can you do it? (laughs) I I know a lot of people who... For example, like when they're studying and then they try... 
let's say they have an opportunity to do an exchange in Europe, yeah. they want to tick off as many bucket list like mm. destinations as they can. Yeah. And sometimes I think for them, it's all about just stepping foot into the country. They don't really care about anything else. Mm. And then, and I've seen a lot of Instagram accounts, like the first thing they put is like, oh, I've traveled to like 79 countries and... 50 and 87 cities or yeah. something. That's, that's the real carbon footprint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but to me, it's like, what's the point, man? Is I've been to, I've been to so many places on several different occasions. It's never the same. I would rather just keep going back to one place and learn and actually really, you know, get something out of it before I go to the next destination. I would just rather stay longer and learn more, see more. Immerse mm. yourself. Yeah. yeah, rather than just rush through everything. I hate rushing. So, I'm actually not a fan of short weekend trips. Gotcha. <laughs> Although, sometimes they are necessary. You mentioned something about living in London. Mm-hmm. Has that changed? How, how did that impact you? Because you grew up in Singapore and you went over there Yeah, to, to live for how long? It... I only lived there for a year, but it was the hardest year of my life, but also one of the happiest. I think I was also surrounded by a lot of people who were very... Like, we, we, we were all fighting for survival together. They, you know, they had to pay the rent and everything. Yeah. And for me, growing up in Singapore, it was, it's some, rent is something I never have to worry about. Mm. And if I go home, there's always food on the table. Yeah. But over there in London, everyone was fighting for survival together. Like, I was lucky, like, my family gave me money, but... Yeah whatever I made from my internship couldn't even cover my rent. Mm. So, I was... But me being with people like that made me really want to have more purpose in my life. Purpose? Yeah, because, you know, you don't want to just... You're working, but at the same time, I also saw how how unhappy people could be and how Mm. stressful things could be. It's like... It's very sad when you have to just do something that you don't love anymore. Mm. But... I definitely learned a lot from my friends in London and I would do it all over again. But yeah, I think we all hustled together. And right now when I see them, they're still hustling and it's it's, tight, yeah. it's crazy. But you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. Yeah. Was it a trial by fire thing then? Sorry? Is it a trial by fire thing? I guess so. Okay. A little bit. <laughs> And you know. emerged the other side. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you could see it both ways, maybe. Yeah. So how 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 do you adopt the the the, the mentality that you you learned over there back in Singapore? Then. Uh it took a lot of getting used to, but I think now it's mm-hmm. been what four, three years since I came back. Yeah. But now, as I'm getting older, I feel more and more like maybe my time in Singapore is up or something because I feel like over here I'm surrounded by people who they want validation from each other or like it's all about FOMO they are like you know oh mm. I, I'm not there tonight and, and I just feel like I'm getting older I want to have purpose in my life I don't want to be wasting my time and my energy on whether I'm there at this event tonight gotcha. or whether mm. my friends or hanging out with my friends tonight. If I want to be alone by myself today, if I want to cook pasta at home today, that's great. And I don't need to answer to anyone. Yep. And I've learned that, um, you know, this is a this is something that is very Singaporean, because, as in, sorry, it's very Singapore. What is Singapore? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, not this is very Singaporean. Yeah. The yeah, I mean the whole val- we live in a weird time. It's all yeah. about validation, um, basically. Yeah. But <laughs> it's a state of mind. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I think social media perpetuates social, that. Yeah, well, yeah. So the degree as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I was saying is Singaporean is you know it's always yeah it's always FOMO it's always yeah. like people are always sticking together they they don't know how to be alone mm. in Singapore yeah. I have so oh. many friends who have never eaten out alone mm. Interesting. And it saddens me because it's a beautiful experience. I can attest to that, man. It is very beautiful. Yeah, you just sit there and enjoy your food and you order whatever the heck you want. Yeah. Is that yeah. the appeal of it? I love it. Before I came here, I ate by myself and I was like, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm just going to eat. Actually, that's, that's, that is so true. Like, And yeah. I feel like the more that they do that, the more unhappy they get because inside of them, I know you want that one dish. Yeah that nobody mm. else wants and nobody mm. wants to share with you. So you cannot have that. Yeah, or like people are like, why do you order so much? Yeah. I'm like, I don't need the answer to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but also I, I, I spoke to my friends. I said, why don't you want to eat by yourself? They're like, I think it looks so sad. Huh. And I remember being in high school, in secondary school, and I would also be afraid to eat alone in the canteen. And, and I was telling my friend like a few weeks ago, like, oh, I would bring my food to the bathroom and eat it. And he just laughed. He said, I, I've heard this story so many times, but I don't believe anyone ever does it. Because I was like, oh, so you were the popular kid in school? <laughs> you know, you, he's like, yeah, I guess so. Every day I had someone eating with me. But he, he's a classic example of never eaten by himself. Interesting. Ever. And yeah, so many Singaporeans, they're afraid to do things alone. You know, oh, let me learn how let me like go shopping by myself today let me make a reservation at a restaurant by myself today let me have a glass of wine while waiting for my friend today they don't Mm. even do that or like even taking a trip by yourself it's almost like it's something that's almost unheard of people are so daunted by it and so many people actually message me asking me how I've done it wait what? like how how do I be so comfortable myself and that I can travel by myself Mm. yeah how do you be so comfortable with yourself? Well, I, well it's <laughs> <laughs> I would say when I was younger, I was a lot braver. Now I wouldn't, if I can avoid it, I wouldn't. But mm-hmm. I would be if I it's if it's a destination I'm comfortable in, like for example Bangkok. I love Bangkok. Yeah. I would I'm very happy to spend like a week there, or like yeah, four or five days there by myself. It's fine. Yeah. But I would or like being in London by myself. That's great too. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily go to a new destination by myself anymore. I just feel like, oh, I don't really want to go through that. Yeah. But I feel like people should try. Mm-hmm. I've done that. Yeah. But I didn't enjoy it. I didn't have a, the best experience. But yeah, everyone is going to take something different out of it, I guess. I, f- I feel like if you travel alone as well, like you become a different person. Not say like a better or worse person, but you just become another you. Yeah. Like you, yeah. Um, when you travel because you tend to do the things that you won't do. Yeah. With your friends. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like that's that's uh, something worth exploring. I feel everybody. You know? yeah. On top on top of the traveling that you did, and on top of your work and all that, that that there is an amount of reflection and deep thinking that goes with it. Because you can you, you mentioned before you can travel all you want, but if you're constantly doing the same thing over, you will get nowhere. You end up right where you start. Would you say that throughout through these traveling and through living on your own, living overseas and all that, there is a certain amount of thought that you, you, have, you have put through to, to, to be at the place you are right now, mentally even. Yeah, definitely. I think emotionally, I've been through like a lot of like pain and everything as well. Yeah. 
or just from all these experiences, learning and growing. Yeah. And then I'm able to comfortably say I'm very happy being by myself today. Mm. And I have my boyfriend is in Sweden. Yeah. Mm. We we we've been in a long distance relationship for two years. And I do miss him. Sometimes it's hard, but at the same time, I'm also very comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I don't. I would want to live together. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't. I think it's selfish to continue to keep us apart, and we're working towards that goal. But throughout the last two years, I've never once felt like, oh my god, I, I like you know, it's never to the point where I'm. I, I'm like, oh my god, I can't. I don't want to be alone right now. You need mm. to be here with me right now. Gotcha. That's the whole idea of having a boyfriend. Mm. Like to, I know, yeah, there are girls like that in Singapore. People like they're very sticky to each yeah. other. Mm. Or like even in Singapore, if you go out to a club, for example, do you? I don't know if you've realized, like, oh, when you say I'm going to the bathroom, someone immediately is like, I'm coming with you. Yeah. I'm coming with you always. Um, I never have been to the bathroom alone when I go out in a club. I think in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if someone is escorting me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just need to learn how to be... Independent? Yeah, independent. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think the culture in Singapore breeds a certain level of lack of independence? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 I, I don't think it's conscious, but I just think because we we have a a backup plan, to be honest, with our yeah. parents, yeah. That, yeah. that is always at the back of our minds. It doesn't... Because yeah. you mentioned about living in London, about how that culture of... Hustling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because it, it is really do or die over there. I can imagine. And I have yeah. friends who study in the States as well. It's the same it's thing. It's crazy and in with the Ritz, States. When he went to LA, you yeah. keep mentioning it's do or die. Yeah, yeah. It is worse in the States, actually. Yeah. yeah. Like, States is like 18 and you're out. Yeah. And I d- <laughs> no, but also, it didn't occur to me how easy it was to be homeless. Oh. Yeah. A lot of, I feel a lot of people take that for granted here. Yeah. Would you agree? I, I do. Yeah. I definitely take that for granted as well. But imagine if. One day you lose your job, you just can't afford to pay the rent anymore. And you're out. And you're out. Mm. You get evicted, you're on the street immediately, just like that. Whereas maybe in Singapore, we're lucky enough, we always have our homes to fall back on. Mm. Yeah. Do you think we have a different struggle here then? It's a different kind of struggle. It's a different kind of struggle. It's a very different kind of struggle. I think in Singapore, we're put through a lot of stress since young. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like to perform, to study, to to do things a certain way. Mm. Yeah. That that itself is very pressurizing. Very it's it's a lot. Would you to take and, in. And and you like also mentioned like earlier like you said your time in Singapore is up. Yeah. Is that gonna do something <laughs> with that? Um I think it was also also because like I noticed I really didn't want to go through this whole like like I mentioned earlier, like FOMO, things like that. Like I'm getting older. I don't want to be able to have to think twice about whether I should be out tonight or and I just feel like that's really the culture here and it's also very superficial in Singapore we're always talking about the first thing you talk about anything people are like how much how Mm. much and I don't like that and because now I've spent a lot of time in Sweden I just feel like the things that the the kind of conversations that we have around the dinner table are complete opposite of what I have here do you have an example? like we're just talking Plain yeah, no, but <laughs> no, not plain shaving. <laughs> but yeah, we talk about no, but it's just so much more meaningful. Or like we're mm. playing board games, you know. Yeah. We're yeah. not we're not like always sitting here talk like sometimes we I could be with my friends and they're and they spend an hour talking about who's pretty and who's not. And I was just like, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. 
You know, it's it doesn't make me happy. I don't see how it makes any of them happier or better as a person t- spending an hour talking about who is pretty and who isn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've also been guilty of that because I'm so used to the way we talk here. Yeah. And the yeah. way the way we do things here. Yeah. But I don't want to be that person. Yeah. So it's about finding your own way of living ultimately. Mm. I guess so. And maybe I'm just my will I'm not strong willed enough to be able to be that person here yeah. when I'm surrounded by oh, so many of my friends. I I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I love my friends. Mm. But it's just like Sometimes there is that pressure, you know. Yes. To conform? Uh, yeah, there is there always is that pressure. Or like if you stop they keep asking you out and you just stop answering, they'll probably stop un- asking you. And then oh. maybe you'll feel a bit sad. <laughs> or like <laughs> or I mean, if they want they can, obviously they can talk about who they want to. Yeah. I it's none of my business. Yes. But you know, it's I just came to a point where I realized it doesn't make me happy. Mm. If, as much as I enjoy their company, I f- find that a lot of the conversations that we have are very superficial. Interesting. Yeah. Is that bad? <laughs> my, no. Do you think I'm... Uh, well, yeah, it's so contradicting because I really do love my friends and I love it. I have a very, very different friends yeah. so, in Singapore, but I just feel like this is something in common that all of, everyone here has. I think it's interesting because... And like I said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm guilty of my of it myself too. Yeah. And I just don't want it anymore. I, I would like to think it's a maturity thing. It comes with age. That as you yeah. grow older, you get exposed to more things. You the Your depth of conversation grows a bit wider, grows a bit deeper. But I think it just comes down to individual people. The, yeah. the people you, you meet, the people you hang out with. If, if, yeah. yeah, I think it really depends on who you meet really. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it comes with age. I think there might be people who are older, but or even younger. The, the conversation, yeah, you know, yeah, it just depends on the pers- people that you surround yourself around with. Yeah, yeah. Also, but I guess also maybe because I have a lot of friends in the industry, you can't mm-hmm. help it. The be- the fashion industry. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and then maybe that it's always very like image oriented, mm. yeah. like the appearance and everything, or like yeah. So what do you do? I mean. To get away from that so-called noise, I, I know. I, I know you cook. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, hey, by the way, I, this Kevin is letting you know her cooking is. I uh, mean, it's so good. It's, it's what? It's so good. Her pasta, <laughs> the beef bolognese, man. <laughs> the first time I met her, actually, she cooked for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that was yeah, my impression, yeah. and then like yeah. it's stuck in there ever since. And she made me like. Like doggy back, like the leftovers. And then, like, I still, I still remember <laughs> eating it for lunch. Yeah, I think you're pretty willing to. <laughs> she yeah. made like, you. Yes. <laughs> he always yeah. is. Yeah, and and, and like I, I mean, also like I also know like you just recently traveled to Italy. Mm-hmm. To uh, could you tell us a little bit more of that is your experience over there? Well, I I found out about the concept of a masseria in Puglia. What's that? Which is a, a masseria is basically a converted farmhouse. So like how, for example, in Tuscany, yeah. people, they have their villas. In Puglia, they have masserias, mm. which is, yeah. So they all used to be converted farmhouses and the rooms and all, they're all converted into, yeah, like a hotel pretty much. And I found a family-run business and I decided that, okay, I want to do this. I, I've always wanted to do it. But I was like, okay, so maybe this year I should just make it happen. So I contacted them and then they they were actually very open to having me. 
and they gave me free accommodation, free food in exchange that I would work six to eight hours a day. Wow. And I stayed there for a month. Tight, okay. And I was just very full on into the experience. Yeah. So my goal initially was to go to Italy to learn how to make pasta or yakeri specifically. Okay. But I just learned over there that because it's so busy and you just need to learn how to keep yourself busy. You mm-hmm. Things are never never going to go exactly your way. They're always going to turn out a bit different. But I, it was the most like life-changing experience in the sense that I really learned how to be myself, like love myself and to be myself again. Because I was way out of my comfort zone. I was in the middle of nowhere for a month. Yeah, and yeah. I couldn't just walk out of this property. Yep, we yeah. were... The property was 150 hectares. How, 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 big, like, is how big is it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to tell you. You need to drive. Okay, okay, it's like, so it big, can't... you can't just walk out. Yeah, and it's even massive. when you do walk out of the property, you're in the middle of nowhere. Mm, right. So for me, I've, only, I've always grown up in like a city. Okay. I'm always in a city. I don't even necessarily enjoy beach holidays. I'm not... I, when I go on holiday, I don't know how to relax. That, that's a concept that has, that's very new to me. Now maybe I know, but when I was there... I was like, the first day I remember arriving, I was crying. Oh. I was like so scared. I was like, how am I going to survive here for a month? How, how? Mm. And and yeah, and then my boyfriend dropped me off. We, we had a little holiday first, but then yeah. he dropped me off and he's like, it's going to be okay and everything. And yeah, in the end, I came, when I left, I didn't even want to leave. But it was, mm. it was yeah, it was very, very interesting. Because mm. like, maybe we were... The place is is very busy. It's a hotel, and they also we also do a lot of weddings. They do they oh. did a lot of weddings, but we didn't have time to just have a day off and go out. You know, mm. the family who stays there they work twenty four seven pretty wow. much. They just work nonstop. And when us like people like me an outsider comes in working for them, you need to be able to go hit first. Mm. If you want a day off, tell them mm-hmm. sure. But for me, it was like. I, I, I couldn't just go out anywhere because I didn't know anyone and I don't drive. Yeah. <laughs> so you need a car to get anywhere. Yeah. And then I would relish like every time after lunch, sometimes if we had an hour or two because the Italians take a siesta, like a nap, and then we would go to the beach for a quick day. Is that for real? They take is a nap? Yeah, after yeah. Lunch, so a lot of... It's siesta. I think siesta is like Spanish. But <laughs> <laughs> it's not really Spanish. No, no, no. Yeah. But the concept, the concept <laughs> is very Italian as well. They, like a lot of, all the restaurants close, that, that one is, you guys probably know, but even the shops, they open maybe nine to one mm-hmm. and it open and then five to nine or Interesting. something like that. Wow. Yeah, they really just close in the afternoon. So, we would have the opportunities in the afternoon to like, maybe take a quick dip in the sea. And I never swam in the sea before this. What? <laughs> by yeah. choice? But you can swim. I can swim, but... Okay. Was it I've by never, choice? Yeah, by okay. choice. Because I wear, my eyes are very sensitive. So, I always never liked the idea. And I've never been to anywhere where the water was so clear. Like, <laughs> I mean the sea. Gotcha. So, I was always so scared, yeah. you know. So when I went there, it was so like normal to them. Everyone, we would just strip the moment we got to the beach and then jump in. So I, one day I was like, I'm going to try it. But I borrowed a pair of goggles and I was like, oh my God, it was so beautiful. <laughs> Ever since then, I was like, it was liberating. I was so, every time the girl would shout, the owner, the daughter would shout, let's go to the sea now. And then I would like grab my bikini and my towel and just run into the car. And then we, we would wait and then we would go. And it was only an hour that we would have. Mm. But right. every time it was so beautiful. It was worth it. Huh? It was yeah. worth it. And that was my only escape that I could have every day. Because I would work 
like we start we would start at nine and then we would only maybe finish work at like eleven, twelve. Damn. Because you know it's a ho- it's like a hotel. Yeah. You are, you always have something to do. Yep. You always have even if you're just having a conversation with someone, you're talking, talking, talking to a guest. Like that can get it's it's work too, you know, because yes. you at the end of the day you want to make them feel at home. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was very, very interesting for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So is this this cooking thing, mm-hmm. is this something that you will want to continue doing? Yeah, I I definitely want to. I've always, growing up, I always wanted to own my own little cafe or something. Okay. <laughs> but um, I I guess I just really enjoy cooking. If the, like the two biggest loves of my life, or maybe three, three biggest loves of my life. What is it? Would be fashion, travel and food. But I think the first would be food. Because if I didn't have anything to wear, I still need to eat. <laughs> you know, and I really am the happiest when I'm eating. What is like, it about I, cooking that uh, appeals to you? I guess I love, I love that you can be so creative with it. Mm. And it's just very, very therapeutic. Like when I'm stressed, I love cooking. It keeps your mind busy. Yeah. Like, Interesting. I find like yeah, I, I could I can just stand there chopping some vegetables for an hour and I love it. <laughs> it's very therapeutic. I look at the kitchen and a few otherwise, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we think of dishes. I, <laughs> I, I am a kitchen. very messy cook. I have to say, but okay. sometimes I actually find washing the dishes pretty therapeutic as well. Mm. Maybe I'm just weird, but the good thing about cooking is you get to eat it and you get to share it with people. And if they love it, great. Every day is like a party. <laughs> I'm curious to know if this is any tying back to your childhood with your family. Family meals. Mm, actually, not really. Okay. It was more, I was. I think I was very influenced by Hollywood. <laughs> like movies. Mm, friends? No. No, just watching different... I don't remember watching anything specific mm. when I was a kid. Like all these series and stuff. Yeah. But um, I watched Hollywood movies. Yeah. And... It was always very family oriented or like friends having dinner at home, drinking wine. Yeah. And I guess that was something that I really loved. Like being able to have my own space and inviting friends over. For a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something also that we don't often have in Singapore because we live with our parents. <laughs> so for, that was one of the yeah. reasons why like my year abroad was, I was so happy because I had a space to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I could just invite friends as and when I wanted. Yeah, and in Singapore, I don't do it often. So when when Ritz said that he tried my food, it's because we have a friend who we always go to. Our, our mutual friend. That's yeah, I mean. and then we would just always go there and cook at her house. Yeah, but other than that, it's I don't think we've gathered anywhere else <laughs> yeah, to do our cookouts. Yeah, it's difficult in Singapore, you. you know. Mm. Yeah. Actually, it's, like that's actually the best though. Like when we spend time together at our friend's house and. Cooking. Just chill the whole night. Yeah, just yeah. eating and talking. Not have to worry about, oh, mom is sleeping. That's yeah. going to wake up now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really what's the most important things in life, isn't it? Yeah. Friends, food. Yeah. yeah. I mean, lastly, before, like, you know, we kind of wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, after everything that you've been through, you know, fashion, food, and all the cultures that you've experienced in your travels, you know, how do you think that has changed you and overall change you and how have you grown from the things especially the things that you've won tasted or experienced how has it made you to the person that we see today in front of us oh my god <laughs> that's a very difficult question but yeah def- I think 
everything that you, me, everything we do is gonna is an experience in, in itself and it will shape you. You will learn something out of it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's good pain or bad pain, something very difficult that has happened. But with in terms of like travel or like what I wear and the food that I make, it's shaped me in a way where I would say I've become very, very clear of the person I want to be and the person that I aim to be. Mm. And also, um, I guess I'm very, I'm just very clear of, on what I want in my life. That is cool. And that was something that I struggled with for a very long time. And I know many people who still don't know what they want to do mm. or who they want to be. How did you arrive at this? I guess also... I went through it was it was last year actually and I went through a point where I was like you know working and everything but also having dinner parties once in a while <laughs> yeah. cooking for friends traveling a lot but I was like I like this you know like I don't make shit loads of money or I I don't because I I don't work probably I don't I probably don't work hard enough but, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's I your fault yeah it's my fault but I'm actually pretty happy mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't need to answer to people and I know what I want. Like, I think I'll be very happy if I had a little business to run by myself. I could have my own space, invite my friends over, cook for them, be able to wear some nice pretty clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a very simple life, but mm. I, I like it. And be and yeah, for me, the real luxury is being able to travel and to see the world. Mm. And that's something I will always pay for before anything else. It, so, it feels yeah. like... It took you some time to piece all the puzzle pieces together yeah. and now Definitely. it kind of does make sense. Yeah. I think um, a lot of... You just really need to put yourself out there and go through these experiences. Like, for example, me deciding on whether I should have gone to Italy for a month. It was yeah. very daunting to me at first. But I put, I did it. You're all the better for it now. And Yeah. And I told myself I should do it every year for maybe two weeks. Wow. <laughs> just go there and you know learn how to you learn how to relax and work in a different learn how to of, relax no, you, you, re, like, you don't think of a, you don't open your computer or your social media but you work in the kitchen or you like you know help out with the guests speak to them the people that you meet they might change your life I don't know it's a really different experience from what you said yeah yeah I would yeah. imagine yeah the people I met every day were very very interesting very fascinating so I'm just I mean it's like you just need a the one thing I would say is just put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to do things or to meet people. That's what I really learned, I think. And when you experience more things, you eventually know, you will know what you want. Yeah. You will know what you want. Interesting. You know no, you really, want. I don't know. <laughs> Very good point. You just believe, right? You must have Believe, faith. positive energy. Yes. Yeah. Do you, do you believe in the law of attraction and all that stuff? Yes. Yeah. I, okay. When I was really young, I, I used to buy all the books on law of the secret. All the books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had all the... I, at the point of time, I had all of the, all of the books. Okay. Then... And, and fast all, forward to it now? Was, now I stopped, but I still believe a lot in manifestation mm. yes. and the law yeah. of attraction. Because if you behave... What I learned, and I still remember now, is like, it's so crazy to me, but when I was very into the secret... I remember they made me do a vision board and to 
I really scribbled all the things I wanted and drew them and cut them out and I stuck them on the board. Okay. And I forgot about them. Okay. But then two years on, I found the board and I had everything on it. Oh. And it's happened to people. Dang. You just don't realize. <laughs> I should start doing that. Yeah. And the fun, and yeah. it was also very superficial things that I put on the board. Mm-hmm. I have to say. Do I was, you remember? I was very young. Yeah, I put Chanel shoes on it. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I was very, very young. But I, I saved the money. I worked that money and I bought these things with my own money and when I saw the board I was a, I was like my, I was mind blown I was yeah. like I actually have 90% of the things here <laughs> you know that's a pretty good success rate yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a 90% so mani- success rate ma- yeah manifestation <laughs> is everything if you actually believe in something and you behave that way you'll definitely get there so that's your word of advice yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so alright it's a wrap oh where can people find you yeah Hmm? Where can people find you? Online, your website, whatever. Your old whatever you want to plug. I guess, ju- yeah, just find me on Instagram. I'm always there. And it, and if you want to chat with me, just chat with me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> what I always wh- reply. What? <laughs> What's your Instagram? Meowie. How do you spell it? M-E-O-W-I-I-E. Wonderful. So double extra I. Double I? Yeah. yeah double when I was I. Double younger, I. I wanted to be, I thought it was cool. <laughs> to have the double I. To have the double I. I guess it's pretty cool <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> All right. Thank yeah. you for your time. Thank yeah. you. Thanks Thank for you for chatting. listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. Don't forget to keep posted for the next one. And if you really liked what you got, give us a follow.